Hello, this is Mary Lee, and you're listening to On the Wings of Love, a Bachelor podcast. A Bachelor fanatic's review and analysis of all your favorite Bachelor contestants. Have you ever been on vacation and just wish you had someone with a better camera, with a better eye, who could capture that perfect photo for your memory? Well, now you can. There's an app called Flytographer. And let me tell you, they're freaking amazing. So I use Flytographer on my trip to Honolulu with my husband, and I cannot recommend them enough. Going on their website, I was able to pick a photographer of a number of photographers. I was able to see their past work. And then I was able to even pick the shooting location. Often the photographer would recommend other locations or time of day. And so in this one space, I was able to pick a photographer, see their rate, and schedule everything in one app. So with this code, you can book your fly photographer shoot anywhere in the world. I'm talking anywhere from Rome to Paris to Fiji, wherever you want to go. The code is Merrily Green. That's M-A-R-I-L-E-E, green with an E at the end. And with this, you can get $50 off your next shoot. Hello, everyone. Well, welcome back. Um, So as you guys know, Listen to Your Heart has concluded, and we're awaiting the Bachelor greatest seasons ever. Summer just looks a little different than in years past, where normally we are at this point in the spring season in the middle of a bachelorette or a bachelor season, and then we're gearing up for paradise. Well, that's not the case because of coronavirus, um, which affected obviously not only our country, but the entire world, and is still affecting the world. Claire's season is delayed, but it's still set to air in September. Um, There's been a lot of rumors about where her season's going to be filmed, and that's all still TBD. But until then, this summer's going to be taken over by a recap each Monday night of the greatest seasons ever. In case you forgot... There have been 24 bachelors and 15 bachelorettes, so they had a lot to choose from. Before we get into the summer drama and recapping old seasons, um, I have to share with you my interview with Gabe Baker. So Gabe, if you all remember, was on this season um, of Listen to Your Heart. Gabe was everything I imagined and more. Um, He's thoughtful, he's wise, humble, it was an honor to bring him onto the podcast. So anyway, I'm going to, I can't wait for you guys to hear this. He gave some great answers to what he's looking for in a woman and how he got into writing his own music. Um, and also what drew him to some of the girls on this season, like Savannah and Mel. I'm going to get to that podcast in just a minute, but first I want to address the elephant in the room. Um, what's happening in our country right now. Racism isn't something we can ignore or pretend doesn't exist. We live in a society that has accepted systemic racism, which it's a loaded word, but basically we've accepted segregated neighborhoods and redlining and things that are giving the white people white privilege. Um, 
and it's time to change right now. There's a lot that's been going on in our country, and there's no perfect way to say all of this. Um, But I just want to note that Black Lives Matter. If you haven't stood up for Black Lives Matter before, now is the time. Um, They have, and they always should matter. And, And we all should know that. This should be common sense. But I'm saying this so that we can actually take a break and listen. So if you haven't said it out loud yet, say it. Black Lives Matter. Look, there's so much I could say. I could tell you personal stories about uh, being in Selma, Alabama on the 40th anniversary of the march from Selma to Montgomery, which was an incredible time in history and awful at the same time. And the reality is here we are 60 years later and we're still experiencing these injustices. So I just want to encourage you to stand up. Like to to stand up in your to your family, to stand up on your social media accounts, and to stand up to your friends and talk to them and listen. Um, I think now is the time we really have to listen. We can't just be blabbering our mouths, and we need to mute our voices a little more and not just share what we think or how we feel or how we feel sorry for ourselves or how we feel guilted for our white privilege. No, now is not the time to to focus on ourselves. Now's the time to focus on the people who have been treated like second-rate citizens in our country for far too many years and are powerful, passionate, wise equals, true, true equals in our society. And they need to be treated that way. They need to be paid the same way. They need to be accepted for jobs and um, their applications. They need to be advanced in the same way that white people are advanced. And, um, anyway, I just wanted to encourage my listeners to think about this, to take action with how you vote on election day and take action with making phone calls or joining the peaceful protest, um, while protecting yourself, of course, from COVID. Um, but do anything you can to affect the injustices in this world. And, um, particular, this is, this movement this matters. And this time in history, we're going to look back and you'll want to be on the right side of history. And you'll want to remember that you asked your black brothers and sisters how they're doing or, Hey, is there anything I'm unaware of? Um, and just be real with people. So anyway, with that said, I am ready to shut up my mouth and have the tape go over to my interview with Gabe. Um, who happens to be a beautiful black man. I'm thrilled for you all to be able to hear this conversation. With that said, I'm going to get into this episode. I will note it was kind of a long conversation, so uh, I broke it up in two. Um, So in this episode, we're going to talk about his life in Houston, his music, and his love life before the show. And then in episode two, um, which I'll release later this week, we get into his family history and time of The Bachelor. So without further ado, here's Gabe. Okay. All right. Well, Gabe, I'm so excited to speak with you today. Um, For those of you listening who don't know who Gabe is, Gabe Baker was a contestant on season one of The Bachelor's Listen to Your Heart, and he made it until week three where he graciously exited the mansion 
uh, because he didn't have a strong enough love connection to move on. So, um, Gabe, I just, first of all, you were the one I wanted uh, from the start. Like, from the promo video, I was like, I would have watched this guy. Like, he is the guy to watch. He looks so interesting. I'm serious. You seem so sweet. Um, So I was really excited to watch your love story unfold. And then it folded in. (laughs) Yeah, it folded in. We we really much of a love story for you, unfortunately. Uh, So that's so grateful to have this time today to get to know you a little more. Um, So first of all, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Yeah, thank you for having me. Having these conversations has been really cool. So I'm grateful. Having a grateful heart is key, I think, especially Always. in these times, right? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, anyway, there's there's a lot I want to discuss with you, as you know, from your time on The Bachelor and your family, your music, your love life, your relationship with Jesus. Um, but first, how are you doing today? And, like, how have you been through this quarantine post-show? Yeah. Yeah, I've been doing well. I'm doing good today. Um, I... And regularly telling people I'm just grateful to be literally just in a pretty stable, secure space, place during this time, you know, it's Mm -hmm. not the case for so many people. So I'm grateful. I'm working from home and uh, staying connected with friends and and, and others just to, you know, keep some some form of connection, Um, getting outside and yeah, just kind of creating a rhythm, taking use of the creative time that's now been available Right. Uh, because, yeah, because a lot of other things aren't, aren't uh, open and operating like I usually do. So I'm, right. I'm, doing, I'm doing pretty good. I'm really grateful to be doing well. That's awesome to hear. Yeah. Um, so are you quarantined in Houston? I, I think you said you're with your father. Um, yeah. Does he live near you or what is the geography like from where you live to where yeah. he lives? Yeah. So I, I live in like in Houston proper um, in the middle of Houston. And my parents' house here is in Missouri City, which is southwest. It's a south. It's a suburb city, southwest of Houston. Um, okay. And so yeah, I've, it's about 25 minutes just uh, away from my place. So it's really it's pretty close by. Um, well, that's kind so, of perfect. But, yeah, it's been nice though. I I love yeah, kind of getting out and having. I like being by myself, so this is good. <laughs> but oh really? Been, really yeah. Oh, yeah, so you're more of an introvert, yeah. you think? Well, it's an interesting thing. I I definitely get a lot of energy from being by myself. However, over time, I've grown into loving being with others. Just so I think I'm a I'm actually like I'm a I'm an ENFJ. Uh, if you want the oh, specific I... classification, I'm an ENFJ. However, mm-hmm. I think so I've grown extrovert. into that. Yeah. So hold on, ENFJ would be extrovert, N intuitive, F feeling, yeah. and J judging. Yeah, that's about right. Right, ENFJ. Um, oh, okay. That's really and, similar to mine. I'm a ENFP, actually. ENFP, okay. Kind of yeah. No, yeah, that's pretty close. So <laughs> that all that to say, by classification, I'm an extrovert, but I think I've grown into that. So whenever I have time to be, be by myself, I'm doing pretty good. So, oh, so it's, good. it's a weird dichotomy. That's a good dichotomy, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're not in the city proper, so you probably have a little more space to, like, move around and not be so confined. And, I mean, yeah. are you wearing, are people wearing masks down there in Houston? Like, what does it look like? Yeah, people are, are, are doing things pretty safely for the most part. People are, I think, you know, things are, like, everywhere else, things are kind of reopening. And 
some are being more loose than others, but for the most part, I'd say people are very uh, conscientious of, you know, being safe uh, with right. masks and things, you know. Yeah. yeah. So. And I know it's different. Your, your climate is very different than where I am. I'm in New York City. Um, Ooh, yeah. So it's totally different. But um, yeah, it's kind of nice to hear that things are like up and running a little more in other parts of the country. So yeah, it's a, it's an auspicious time because I think for everyone, um, you, there's, you know, you're, you're trying to, there's so much unknowns with what's happening. Uh, there's things that are known, of course, that there's nothing has really changed in terms of the dangers of the time. But then, then again, right. there's like trying to find the balance within trying to create some normality in the face of the ambiguity. You know what I'm saying? So it's, yeah, yeah, I hear yeah. you. So like here, thankfully, I think the, the, the number of cases and different things is at a, is a pretty manageable flattened state overall right. to where they're trying to open things back up. So that's good. So speaking of like that regularity in your life, like what have you been doing, you know, to keep sane and normal? You know, yeah. are you are you writing more? Are you like watching a ton of television or doing a ton of Zoom calls and game nights? Like what are you doing? Like, <laughs> a little bit of all of the above. I think you, you hit it okay. spot on. Um, I'm definitely writing a lot. I got my my instruments back here. It's it's interesting, like post show, I've gotten to really and this is maybe I can expound upon this, but I've definitely gotten to a really great place of clarity and just confidence within like going really focused into music, which I wasn't at that place prior to the show. So, um, so I've been taking advantage of that, really collaborating with a lot of people. Um, and yeah, working on some cool stuff with people on the cast. Um, and so, yeah, staying in touch with people via zoom calls, different interviews, whatever, whatever it needs to be done. So it's good. Yeah, and, and, and Which we will get the into the music. music yeah, the TV movie, sure, sure. movie stuff is is definitely a, a regular diet. Part oh, of really? My, my consumption diet, and so yeah, I'm trying to not watch too much TV. But it's what it's, are you? Okay, so speaking of, because clearly it sounds like you like some TV. What's like your current dude. show? Or like, what did you just finish? Um, I just finished uh, Outer Banks. Oh, on Netflix. Netflix. I didn't. I I know what yeah. it is, but I hadn't watched it yet. Yeah, it was kind of, I, I kind of just go off of what's ranked on the top 10 <laughs> most of the time. That's fair. Like, so okay, is it like a thriller? Long. Is it kind of like a thriller? It's it's almost like a, uh, I guess, yeah, there's some thrilling aspects to it, if you will. But yeah, it's okay. kind of like a, a suspense kind of, that's it. Like a love story? There's, it's not directly a love story, but it's almost oh, like okay. this developing narrative of around these kids actually trying to find this. Actually, I know it sounds kind of weird, but actually find this this historic treasure that was on the island, and there's like just just different dramatic things that are involved in terms of like thriller and people trying to cover up murders and different things. It's interesting. Well, that's so, why I asked if it's a thriller because yeah. okay, I yeah, love a, a good love story. I love yeah. a good love story. Hello, I The Bachelor. Um, but. <laughs> when I saw the preview for that, I was like, Oh my gosh, there's like guns or there's knives. Like this looks too scary for me. And so I swiped over it, but it's mm. funny. If you liked that, there's a show I have been watching on Netflix called you. Y O U. Okay. I've watched you. Have I've you? It. I've seen it. Yeah. Okay, it's good. It's really intense. It is. And as I was going to say, like, I'm like, I don't know how I'm getting through it because it's very scary <laughs> for me. It's scary. Um, but I imagine that, in my head, I thought Outer Banks would be similar. 
yeah, that's why it didn't go down there. Yeah, it's got some similar thrilling vibes. I think you may be a little more enthralling in terms of like the unpredictable nature of the show. To me, when I watched you, I was like even more kind of thrown for a loop a lot. So, but I think I think Outer Banks, I think is, yeah, I think you could tolerate it. Okay, decent television. All right, something yeah. to get you through. <laughs> Yeah, that's so funny. You watched you too. Um, okay, so obviously we're gonna get to a ton of things like your music, love life, all that stuff. But first, I just want to do some rapid fire questions, um, if that's cool. Um, so just say the first thing that comes to your mind, okay? And it could be a long answer, it could be a short answer, whatever. All right? Okay, ready. Okay. Um, do you have any pets? No pets. No pets. I used to. Used to. We used to have dogs all the time, but the most recent pet we had was the Jack Russell Terrier, and he's the best dog ever. Oh. And long story short, we, my parents moved from San Antonio to Houston uh, shortly after I graduated college, so about three years ago. Oh, no. Uh, 2015 when they moved officially. But in the current house that I'm in now, uh-huh. we moved him out here. The first day, Sammy, Jack Russell, was here. He got out of the backyard. I think he was just nervous and we hadn't seen him again <gasps> i know it was sad it was oh. so sad i know how old was he he was he was 13 um okay. but but he was still he was still pretty spry <laughs> that's the right word he had a lot of energy jack russell is like they're awesome so our hope he was a really good looking dog our hope is that someone picked him up and so he's a great dog so it was that's the last pet we've had but it's okay We'll get, maybe we'll get another one soon. Wow. Yeah, you seem really positive <laughs> for that because that's that I've, would be so traumatic for me. I've, I've processed through the grief. I've made it through the yeah. grief. It's, it's I, so it grief. sounds like. Totally. Okay, so no pets <laughs> currently. Um, do you live alone or do you live with roommates? I live with roommates. I have two. I live with two good good friends of mine um, in, in Houston. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, what's your favorite type of workout? Um, I do a lot of bodyweight calisthenic stuff. So um, actually, I just love exercising in general. Um, so I've I've done a lot of like, a, if you're familiar with like Olympic lifting, so not kind of in the realm of kind of like the cross- CrossFit or not? It's, it's, it's CrossFit. I mean, the type of lifts are in CrossFit, but it's not exactly that exact style in terms of things for time, if you will. CrossFit kind of merges Olympic lifting being the types of exercises that are done. And they call them Olympic lifting because you kind of, you do like power clings, front squats, back squats, all these different things with these power racks. Anyways, but essentially uh, I do a lot of weight bearing exercises, but as of late I've been doing more like body weight calisthenic stuff. So just pull-ups, push-ups, using bands, uh, different things that are, home homemade exercises that's so that's probably my say. go-to yeah it sounds like you're doing that because you're in quarantine um. I'm, it's a forced thing for sure but i i kind of i've been navigating that way either way a lot of times too that's good that'll build strength um yeah. okay your favorite football team oh favorite football oh man college or nfl i i was gonna say you can say both okay college i played i played college football so rice university got it rice okay. house um, and I got to say the Houston Texans. Um, I grew up a Dallas Cowboys fan. However, Wait, Houston, Texas is a football team? Houston Texans. The Houston Texans. Oh, the is that Texan. a college team? No, it's an NFL team. The, Houston Te- <laughs> the Texans. T-E-A-X-A-N. You got to look at the Texans. I've never heard of them. I've never... 
What? I was like, is this a joke? What? Is he just creating a team off the top of his yeah. head? Yeah, look up, look up the Houston Texans. It's okay. It's, it's okay. It's all good. But it's one of, I know it's the one Cowboys. The, you know the Cowboys. Right? Of course. I've seen them play. Yeah, yeah. So Houston Texans. You've okay. heard of J.J. Watt? Uh-uh. No? Okay, it's okay. Well, he is like one of the star players for the Texans. There's, there's, okay. But check him out. I'm not, I'm okay. not making him up. I promise. They're a real team. Are they they're good? They're a real team. They've they've got they're good. They've had some ups and downs. They okay. got some good good people. So so you're yeah. saying are you a ride or die like Houston Texans fan? Yeah. So I'm I'm I try to be a steadfast uh, fan. That's good. <laughs> that's that's the way to be. Yeah. Um. Okay. Uh. Solo travel or family travel? Solo travel. Actually, I'm I'm right in the middle. Um. I do a lot of solo traveling, but then they, then again I. I, I've done some good family travel here and there. Um, my mom is actually from Aruba, best place to have family from. So her parents live there. And so we've done a lot of family trips just to see see her parents. And so mm-hmm. I love family travels, but I'm a, I do love kind of the solo, okay. you know, like not having to have responsibility for anyone else kind of traveling. Yeah, and do whatever <laughs> you want whenever you feel like it. Yeah. yeah. Well, exactly. and that's why I asked that question, because you get a point in your like late 20s where you're like, yes, every year I'm going to reserve a week for my family and like whatever that family trip looks like. Or, yeah. you know what, I really want a week to myself and I want to do whatever I want, you know, so that's Absolutely. what I was wondering. Um, yeah. Okay, so what is your favorite place? And this is travel wise. Well, your, your favorite place in the entire world. Yeah, I think I alluded to it. Uh, Aruba, Aruba. Is my favorite place in the whole world. Yeah. There's so much, I mean, it's a beautiful place in and of itself, but yeah, there's just a lot of just family ties and a lot of just incredible memories. Oh, that's amazing. Would you say, I know you love it so much. Would that be your dream vacation spot? Like right now, if you go anywhere Ooh. in the world. Um, I've, I, I've been wanting to go to Australia. I've never been. Ah, okay. Yeah. I, I mean, just I have went a lot of places. Actually. Oh, nice. There you go. Yeah. I'm sure it's, what, it, what are your thoughts? Is it? worth um, travel i'm sure it is uh i hate to say yes and no oh, yes no, and no. Okay. i yeah actually we went there that was part of our honeymoon and um you know our favorite spot was this place called hamilton island you should look it up it's in the great barrier reef like kind of the southern area of the great barrier reef and it's this very secluded island um it's a few miles like there's a lot of mountains so that you can do like hiking um there's a lot of little like private beaches um, but it's very like built up, so to speak as a resort. So there's this one, like very, very expensive resort where like Taylor Swift and Oprah have stayed. And then there's like Reverend else stays. <laughs> um, but it's, it's absolutely stunning. The whole place is beautiful. And, you know, you can like take seaplanes over the great barrier reef and you can go snorkeling and we went on a catamaran. Like it's literally like lover's paradise. Um, yeah, so that's that's yeah. what I would recommend. I think uh, there was someone we met there who just made this comment, and I would agree. Australia is like 10 years behind the United States. Hmm. So, like, almost in, like, technology and, like, fashion. Yeah, kind of like everything. It feels like they're, like, a little bit behind, which surprised oh. me. I thought it was, like, going to be the best place ever. And I was like, oh, it's actually, like, I don't know. <laughs> So I don't know. I don't want to. It's interesting. No, it's okay. No. Yeah. I think it's it's some good uh, perspective feedback. But yeah, I think I, 
yeah. So still, I think there's a lot of places in Australia. I still yeah. want to go for sure. You yeah. should. Yeah. Yeah, and it's a massive country. I mean, it's as big, a little bit smaller than the United States, but mm -hmm. so Australia would be your place. That's a good 24-hour flight. So I support it. Um, <laughs> um, what is your favorite attribute in a woman? Um, I am super attracted to someone who is, it sounds kind of broad, but someone who's just really, really confident in themselves. Like they just exude that in, I think that's connected to, um, I guess another way to put it is like that they're a leader. And so it doesn't mean they have to be like in a leading, like a CEO or something like that. But I think it just comes off as, hey, they know who they are. They know what they're doing and they're they're going for it, you know. So they're like they're leading in the way that they're, they're living life, you know. And so that's super, super attractive to me. Like, wow, they're someone I admire in that kind of way. I think that was like the best answer I've ever heard hey. <laughs> from a guy for that. That was amazing. Cool. Thanks. I, I never would have thought of that. That's a great um great quality yeah yeah all right so a woman who's leading her own sphere yeah just leading life. yeah yeah um how long have you been single i've been single for two years right over two years all right favorite bible verse uh it's hard for me to pick i i always typically just go romans 8 28 is because yeah and we know that in all things god works for the good of those who love him who've been called according to his purpose um, and the reason that stands out immediately, I have a lot of others that I, I usually go to as well, but, um, in high school, right. As I was getting recruited for like college football stuff, I tore my ACL and LCL on my left knee. It was the first time that I had a really, really bad injury. Um, I have, I've had a lot of injuries since then. So it's, it is what it is. The life of a football player, but I, it was the first time I was in incredible shape. I was, I was doing really, really well. But it was the really first time that I, I really kind of had to take a step back and, like, I got, I don't know, just great perspective on just my life as an athlete and spirituality and different things. Um, and for some reason, that verse just really, really shot out to me and really stood out to me and stuck with me um, as this aspect of, you know, the situations in life. Uh, they may not be favorable, but they are always making you into something better. Um, and so within this idea of the verse is that, you know, God works for the good of those who love him. Those who are pursuing a life and loving, loving God, loving Jesus. Uh, the situations God's going to allow you to go through are for the purpose of making you more into like Christ. Um, and so it's, it's like character formation kind of passage for me. Yeah. That's awesome. That's great. I, Romans 8 in general is amazing. So, yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but we'll get to Jesus in a little bit. Um, last Jesus kind of quick question is what's your go to worship song? Oh, man. So I've been I've been really vibing with um, I vibe with so many things. Elevation Worship, their their current album that they dropped. Uh, what is it called? My is it called My Testimony? Forget the title of it, but it's super, super good. Um, their song, uh, The Blessing, is incredible. I I'm sorry, I misquoted it. The album's called Graves, Graves Into Gardens. Um, okay. There's one song called My Testimony on the album, which is a great song. Man, there's just so many good songs on that song. But the, the Blessing is a great one. It talks about kind of generational faith. 
to uh, um, and just kind of let the blessings of God kind of pass over everything uh, in a sense. And so it's just a great song. That's great. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, now we have a new playlist, Graves into Garden. They have some pretty yeah. artwork. I just do. pulled it up. Um, there you go. All right. All right. Um, that was fun. Okay. So I want to hear about music. Um, I mean, this is why you got on the show is because you're a musician. So when did you start singing? And also, when did you start playing cello? Yeah. Um, so I grew up in a musical family. Both my parents are very, very good singers. Um, and my brother is also a great singer. He went to, he went to college for music, studied voice. And so we were in the musical households, a lot of extended family are musicians. And so it's mm. kind of been part of the, the experience of like singing in the house. Um, it probably wasn't until high school though, to where I really, really got to singing, uh, singing, uh, my dad was kind of started training us up, leading songs at, at, at church worship. Um, and my brother uh, was in choir as well as an orchestra. And so he, he was the one that kind of pulled me into singing, which is great. And so I, my first kind of maybe experiences outside of like singing at church was actually singing in a barbershop quartet with him, which was so much fun. So super, super cool stuff. Um, and yeah, from there, it's kind of just grown and expanded. I think over the last couple of years, I really got into songwriting. And it's always been just a, a regular aspect of my life, but never like the focal point at, until until now where I'm really reorienting my myself. And uh, for cello, I started playing the cello in the fourth grade, actually. Um, and my siblings, they also played string instruments. Okay. And so I was influenced by that. Our parents were just encouraging for us just to want to explore what we were interested in, which is great. Uh, for some reason, I was a huge fan of Yo-Yo Ma, if you've heard of Yo-Yo Ma, but he's... Oh, yeah. One of, okay, I was making sure. But I don't even know why, but for some reason, I just was like, oh, Yo-Yo Ma, I got to play the cello now. And and then uh, I had just some great friends that uh, were also in our in the orchestra with me, and that was just a part of the encouragement that kept me in playing, like just friends and me really enjoying music as well. And so, yeah, I played all through high school along with... Wow. sports as well and when I got to college I didn't play it as much um I played a little bit I got to play in uh they had at my university I had an orchestra for non-majors that I got to play in one semester which was really fun um and but as of as of late I've really been kind of putting the more full-time pedal yeah really focused on just developing my skill there yeah. Yeah. I was uh, wondering when you brought up like going to college and playing football in college, how much time did you have to dedicate to music and kind of involve yourself with different music troops? And Not very much. I mean, it's it's more than a full time job, especially playing playing being a, a student athlete in college is 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 takes a lot of time and energy and effort. And, um, right. I'm a I'm a I'm a real busy body, busy body. So I I do I do a lot of different things, especially when I was in college and I loved it. And so I found time here and there. I think it was, yeah, you kind of just have to choose what you want to put your time into because there's only, you only have so much energy and then, um, feeling, you know, going to class and doing all the work and everything else alongside of practice and games and getting injured and then having to still work through the normal things with the broken hand or whatever. It's just, this is a lot of life. <laughs> It's just yeah. That sounds rough. (laughs) Yeah, but it's good. I loved it. I loved it so much. And then trying to be social at the same time and doing ministry stuff. So it was a it was a good 
good effort. <laughs> yeah, that's really interesting. Um, fun like background info info about me and my producer. Um, we actually both went to college for musical theater. Oh, so, right. um, yeah. So my degree is a BFA in musical theater. So I wow. I almost did like the opposite of you. I went music first, full blown, a hundred percent in my college and then early 20s and then transitioned out of it later so um total opposite of you um but i think it's fascinating so um you know back to your family and their influence on your music you know what was that like growing up were you guys like singing what what were they singing around the house you know when you said they influenced you to sing what was that like yeah we sang a lot of a lot of different things uh a lot of just kind of the church tradition we grew up in so we sang a lot of kind of acapella soul church songs, if you will, if mm-hmm. that paints a bit of a picture. So we'd sing a lot of those just church songs from church at home. But then I think we also, uh, both my mom, mom and dad grew up with similar, I mean, they would share similar song artists and different things with us. But we'd sing like a lot of just classic kind of soul, you know, Temptations, Earth, Wind & Fire, Stevie Wonder, Bill Withers, all those really, really just iconic uh, soul R&B artists. And then um, my mom kind of mi- would mix in some of the eclectic kind of some, some different mixes of artists. But then uh, I guess another huge inf- uh, musical influence that kind of got into the house was also uh, kind of the, the old jazz standards, if you will. So the Sinatras and the mm-hmm. Dean Martins and all those Sammy Davis Jr. Um, yeah, which I've noticed those- you started singing lately. Oh yeah. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So I, I love all those songs, um, and so that's my, my grandfather, my mom's dad, was a great jazz musician growing up, and was a jazz band, and so he's the one who's introduced us to that pocket of, of music and musicality. Um, so that's just another layer of like things that we enjoy together, and so it was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. That would definitely influence you. So it, 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 you're painting this picture that you grew up, maybe music wasn't your number one, but it was totally in the background your whole life with your grandparents and with your family and your brother. And yeah, yeah, that's really neat. Um, wow. Okay. So who in like, which artists as a, once you started getting into your own groove, who is it that you wanted to emulate? You know, you yeah. just named who you were inspired by as a ch- kid, but like, as you've grown up, who is it that inspires you now? Yeah, the the artist that inspires me the most, I probably have to lean on Bill Withers, um, and I, I I'm getting into a lot of songwriting, and so I think just how the way that he writes, the the obviously the the timbre of his voice and the style that he sings um, is something that I really admire. Um, I, I'd say specific, definitely. The, the nature in which he writes his song is just like really um, speaking life, speaking direct truth and kind of just the language he uses is something that I really, really I, I admire and, and kind of emu- work to emulate a little bit in some of my songs that I, that I do write. Um, so he's the, he's the one that does come first to mind. Okay. Um, and can I ask yeah. you a question? What, what genre, I don't know Bill Withers. So like, oh, what genre you know, is he? And he's like, yeah. soul, he's like soul R&B, you know, Le- lean on me. Yeah. Yeah, that's him. You know he wrote me. that song. Oh, yeah, that's the okay. So he has okay. an incredible catalog of music. But yeah, him, I would say, let me throw a second one out there. Him and Sam Cooke. If you look up Sam Cooke. 
Yep, I know who that great is. Song. Yeah, so those two guys, I think just in just who they are as musicians are really, really in- inspiring. Okay. All right. So singer songwriters, kind of soulful singers. Is that yes. right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. You said you picked up music again, like post college, you know, like when was that, you know, and what kind of brought you back into music in the last few years? Um, yeah. So honestly, it was just time. I think just having more time post college, a uh, post football, this opened up me just to expressing myself in, in new ways. And, um, it was also just through the inspiration of, of life events and situations where I was like, Hey, let me try to write a song. I never really stepped into that. Um, I, I done it really, really kind of randomly at the end of college, at the end of high school with some buddies in a little, a band that we had together. It was really, really fun, but never really, really had the mindset to even want to try to do that. And so I think just through life situations and just kind of experimenting, I kind of was like, oh, wow, I actually really like songwriting and started doing that more and more just as an expression of just life events. And as they kind of came and go, I was like, hey, I want to write a song about my mom. Hey, I want to, I want to write a song about my grandpa. And so all these things just started happening. It was really, really interesting. Yeah. Um, and, and so literally it's just kind of been over time to where music has kind of risen more and more to the top of like, wow, this is really, really where my heart's at. Mm-hmm. And again, like really going on the show, which is, was a very unique experience, but one major takeaway from my experience in the show was that, wow, I really want to give this a full shot and go into it hard and just mm-hmm. grow and, and let that be a new platform for me. Yeah. There's a lot that goes into songwriting and like music composition. And, um, yeah. and I, I know you took cello from fourth grade on. So that's years and years of like understanding music theory and understanding arrangement. So, um, I mean, how would you say that you understood even how to write a song? You know, was it yeah. with the help of your brother? Was it just um, after arranging songs for acapella? Like, how is it that your brain was able to do that? Um, I'm, I'm honestly, I kind of scratch my head sometimes um, at it because it is kind of just a, an overflow of a creative expression at, at, at a large point. Um, I enjoy writing. Um, and so being able to creatively write has a lot to do with putting words together in a way that that tells a story um and yeah. then and then and then i i just i love to sing melodies and so being able to just to like throughout the day you just kind of oh a melody comes to mind and i think once you get into the practice of songwriting you kind of you grow in the knack for doing it as well so it's like almost strengthening a muscle um mm. so over time i was able to realize oh the more i even even if i have a thought of a melody in my head i'm going to record it on my voice my voice notes so for future reference, if something comes up, I want to listen to that again. And then and that's how I've written a lot of songs, just doing that. And then and then wow. being able just to like, like um, I've been able to just like put together sermons and teach and preach at, at, in different settings uh, for for ministry standpoint. And that way of writing is actually an interesting, has, has some interesting connections to just creative writing because you're within writing a sermon you kind of take a life situation or a life lesson and you take obviously mm-hmm. the theological background and different things and you craft it in such a way that is able to appeal to your audience. So you, even within the, 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 the outline of a sermon, you want to sometimes the, the didactic three point sermon, mm-hmm. you can make it something catchy like ABC of some sort right. that is able to grab onto the audience. So 
even in that practice, I, I came to realize how much overlap there was in me, in my brain, just getting in the, in the practice of creatively putting together a message that has a way to appeal to an audience. And so I, I've just, it's literally kind of just come over time of just like sitting down and thinking about how I'm feeling and, and knowing, even if I just know three chords on the guitar, you can do something. You can know one chord on the guitar and write a song. Um, and so it's not for the sense of like having all the, the music theory chops. You don't really need that at all to be able to be a songwriter. It's just knowing how to express how you're feeling and then put it into words and then just grow in the practice of it. That's so cool. It's it's really neat to hear that from your mouth. Um, you know, because I think for a lot of people, it seems intimidating, you know, and, um, you know, I'm kind of the opposite of the average person. I went to a school where there were music composition majors, you know, and like piano composition. And, um, you know, you see a field like that, but then you see people who are 14 years old going up on YouTube, creating music and putting it out there. And, um, and that's kind of the world we live in now. So I really love how you just broke that down, you know, like what it looks like for you and kind of that creative process and how you, um, yeah, have these like points and blend it together. I don't know. That's really neat. Yeah. There's um, space for both of those things. Like the music composition stuff, which I don't know how to do, which is another level of like depth of knowledge and how to structure writing and actual composition. Uh, uh -huh. But yeah, there's space for the at home songwriter in the bedroom too. Definitely. Definitely. Um, so what exactly were you doing professionally before I listened to your heart? Yeah, so um, I've been in my current role for the last couple of years. I worked for the mayor of Harris County, that Houston, the county that Houston's in. And so I, I've done a lot of just kind of public policy work, focusing on just certain issues. Uh, but now I, I'm like a community organizer for for my boss. Mm -hmm. uh, my title is community engagement specialist, but it's and it's as broad as it sounds. Okay. Uh, but literally, it's kind of being it's it's really is kind of doing my best to understanding an issue that they want me to, to, to work on and, and being kind of that person on the ground, the person uh, going to the people or the organizations to bring whoever needed, who's ever needed to the table to conversate, to help craft the, the eventual policies that we're going to make. So it's almost like okay. having that friendly face for uh, the work that we're doing out in the community. Um, right. So I've, I've been in this role for the last couple of years I was an engineer prior to that, civil engineer for a couple of years. And so it was, yeah, that's what I studied in college. I was an engineer. And so I was doing that and I realized I just muscled my way through that degree. So I tell people, um, and, uh, but I'm, I'm more of a people person, big picture strategy versus the technical on the right. computer design thing. And so uh -huh. I was happy to transition um, to where I am now. Yeah. Wow. That's really neat. And, but I've also heard like engineers, very detail oriented and as a musician, oh, yeah. you have to be very detail oriented. So I can it's see how those thing. go hand in hand. Yeah. It goes hand in hand. It's like a weird balance of it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So cool to know that you were not being paid full time to be a musician before this show. Not at all. Far from it. <laughs> no. Well, let's hope for, for you know, yeah, after this. Yeah, um, yeah, for sure. So I want to get into your love life a bit. So you said you've been single for two years, right? Um, are most of your best friends in Houston or all over, are they married or a lot of your good guy friends single? 
Um, a combination. I think most of them are single. Um, okay. And so you kind of have that solidarity of experience. <laughs> fair, fair. Um, so how important has faith been in you finding a partner? You know, like, are you drawn to people who have the same, not only moral values, but like um, outlook on how they see God? Is that something that you really value in a partner or have you in the past? And are you open to dating a non-believer? Um, faith is uh, foundational with how I pursue relationships. And it's not for the extent of not being willing to meet and get to know people who, who aren't Christian, uh, but it's mainly with the objective of, of knowing that if I, my, my goal with my life as a Christian is to, is to love God with everything that I am. Um, mm -hmm. And I know that I won't be able to do that if my heart is kind of divided with someone else who doesn't have that same objective. Um, and so there's a, there's a kind of a theological back, I get, there's a scriptural kind of backing to that, but mm -hmm. at the heart of it all is like, if you're, if you're running a race full speed and someone is running a different race, you're not going to get to the same, you're not going to get to the finish line that you want to get to because you're running two different races, you know? That's a great analogy. Yep. Uh, totally get that analogy. Um, and I was yeah. curious and how that kind of also affected your time on the show with the girls you were meeting, um, sure. you know, I, I, I saw that I researched a bit and I saw that Mel went to like a very Christian college and then I think Savannah was a young life leader. Is that right? Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, and then obviously then eventually you were paired up with Rudy, Ruby as well. And I don't know yeah. her background at all as if she's a Christian or not, but like, did that inform how you partnered up with these girls or is that what attracted you to those girls specifically? Yeah. And you know, it definitely, is a part of like how what does attract me to someone or not and um it specifically with them those are some things that did that stood out to me of like okay and again like i, I knew the space like no one not everyone is going to be a christian my assumption uh which is which was validated and, and, and it is what it is it's not a bad thing it's just what it is you know right um and so but then again that wasn't the thing that I wasn't afraid for that being the case because regardless of where someone's at, everyone's growing, everyone's on a, on a, on a journey of life, learning, whatever that means. And so there's always something to offer from a relationship standpoint between everyone, you know? And so I was really open and intrigued to still grow with people and whatever that could offer me along the way. And we could all, and so, but, but all that's saying, yeah, those, the aspects of knowing where Savannah was in her life and we were both, preacher's kids and that kind of aspect really was a cool commonality uh, amongst some others that, that did draw me to her. And, and, and Ruby does have some uh, folk, some life as a Christian as well and living in that direction and, and, and knowing about Mel's uh, lifestyle uh, and her history within Christianity. It's, it, it does inform a bit of the decisions I do make when of trying to be like, okay, this is someone I would get to know more, well, get to know more with some intention or not, you know? So right. it was just trying, yeah, it was doing your best, you know, it was, it was, it was, it was tough though. It was. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure. Um, well, you know, speaking of like the type of woman you want to date and marry, I imagine, um, it said on ABC's on the website, right? ABC bachelor. It said that you wanted a Proverbs 31 woman and <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, that wasn't. I didn't write that text, 
but that I'm, I'm, I was very content with what they wrote. Yeah. I, I, that's good to know. Okay. So look, um, you know, you know, I'm a Christian, right? But to someone who's a non-believer, they might go, what the heck? Like, what does that mean? So specifically, yeah. you know, Proverbs 31, it's the last um, book of the Bible in Proverbs or right. Proverbs yep. 31. Yep. It's the last one. Yep. And history would say that's describing um, Ruth, right? Um, Ruth, the Ruth Boaz situation. But I always wonder when men say that, because sometimes I'm like, oh, that's such a cliche answer, you know? Um, <laughs> of course you want a Proverbs 31 woman. But what trait is it, like, within that that you're really looking for? Um, I think within the script, within the description of the passage, it kind of it kind of lends to just a woman of noble character, right? Um, and if I were to summarize it in such a way, I'd probably just lean on that in the sense of, like, yeah, I'm. It's it's looking for someone who 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 has um, a sensibility, uh, a sense of heart that is driven for with with a, a, a standard and value that is honoring God. Okay, so honoring yeah. God then maybe above all yeah. else, that kind yeah. of it. Yeah, I think it it has that. I think it's. I mean, connected to that, it's it's of course being their self, but then also knowing kind of what's knowing their value, knowing what's valuable to them in life, um, not being, maybe not being so focused on the vanities of things, but focused on what's most meaningful at the same time. So someone of a noble character has just a perspective on life that values what's most important as it should be in a sense, right? So relationships and family and just being of uh, a high a person that values, <laughs> I'm saying the same words over and over again, uh -huh. but a person that focuses on, on, on being the things that matter most in life, you know, and just being true, being, being honest, being truthful, being caring, uh, being, a, a someone, a, a, a peacemaker, being all these different things and not a checklist kind of thing, but that's what comes to mind when, of this idea of a noble, of someone of noble character. Right. Okay. Um, yeah. Does that muddy the water some more? Yeah. <laughs> okay. No, no. Actually, I can tell it wasn't a cliche answer for you. That's okay. I, I well, was trying to hear. I could tell you probably there was heart behind it, but I just sure, wanted yeah. to hear from you, you know, because I think it can, like I said, it can be a cliche response. Like you go to church. Hey, what are you looking for? And the guy's like, man, I want a Proverbs 31 girl. And you're like, okay. Like, what do you even mean by that? Yeah. Yeah. No. Like, what is I, it you're I, actually looking for? You know what I mean? So, um, <laughs> yeah. Cause, uh, so, so anyway, but speaking to that, like love and then, and the church community, um, do you date a lot within your church community or do you just kind of like, are you a non dater who's just waiting until you have a, a deep spark with someone and then you're going to ask her on a date? Like, what is your dating like as of recent? Yeah. As of recent, it's been more the more the latter, what you mentioned in terms of like, I, I, I have a better understanding at least of what what I am looking for to an extent, and I guess what I am looking for is connected to like my what I am am I drawn to this person for certain reasons, right? Some of them are kind of intangibles, and it just happens as a result of just being together and different things, right? 
mm-hmm. but there's there are those things that I do look out for when I, when I am because I am looking for someone right and it's just being open to and honest with how I feel about someone and then mm-hmm. trying to look past even some of my insecurities or different things that you know quali- qualifiers that can keep me from that can maybe block me from seeing someone that may be good for me that I, you know, that I don't know if that makes sense, but sometimes you can like your expectations of who you think you should be can, can uh, keep you from actually seeing that this person is someone you need to be with sometimes or, or in a sense of like from a relationship standpoint. Yeah. Um, so like so it's kind of speaking that. of that, like what are, what are the qualifiers that you're talking about that sometimes <laughs> well, you've noticed? You know, that you're like, well, I I know I want this, you know, is it, I don't know if it's an education thing. Is it an age thing? What is it? Yeah, it's, I wouldn't say it's an age. I think it's, it's definitely not like a maybe particular demographic aspect of someone, but I think it's, I think there are some things like, like if I, I don't know, I, the (laughs) qualify. Like I have, I have, I, I have things I look out for in someone. Like, are they adventurous, or do they like, like almost like, person, not personality things, but sometimes pers- connected sometimes with personalities. But I think, um, like sometimes the qualifiers that I like, think give I'd me like an example. Someone. Yeah. I'll say this. Sorry, I know I'm running. No, no, it's fine. But like with maybe like okay, in my mind, I had the vision of wanting to date someone who's musical. Right. Mm-hmm. That could have been like a qualifier in my own perception perspective. Like if they're not musical, man, I don't know. Get out of here. Get out of here. But then again, like who am I to say that that person, you don't have to be completely, you know, locked in everything that you're doing together for that person totally. to be the one for you. So it's kind of navigating that thing of like, this is someone I'd like. These are the kind of things I'd like to see in someone I want to be with. Yeah. Um, but then also just being honest with like, Hey, is that, is that ideal vision of someone like realistic in the sense of you not not wanting to compromise but like hey you know where's the middle ground with assessing your connection with someone based on your expectation of who that person should be no that makes sense i i sometimes i think it's easy to think about someone you don't want to date and you think why didn't i want to date them you know like that's uh i know on paper they were great and like i had there i have a fine time with them but um mm, yeah, yeah I was just wondering if, if your qualifiers were like well in theory they're like going to church and they're involved in my church or you know sure. if, if it was that sort of qualifier like in your mind do you want someone with a certain level of like um I don't want to say accountability but like direction with God or is yeah. it not even related to that and it is musically related and you're like you've dated women who aren't musicians, you know, so what is it that's kind of yeah. been the hangup for you? Um, the hangup I think has been, this, this sounds like, I wouldn't say this sounds super cliche, but I think a lot of times just the feeling hasn't been there. Like, mm-hmm. I think that a lot of times it's it, it, like I've, I've dated a couple incredible women that are, that are friends of mine still um but again it was it was kind of looking for just that that as 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 so it said almost kind of that spark of that connection with them that that 
wasn't there and it wasn't for the lack of them not being with it, not being, it wasn't for them not doing something differently or, you know, or who they weren't or anything, but it just wasn't there. And so the couple relationships I had been in that you know, didn't go the distance. Uh, yeah, it just was kind of one of those things that to assess, Hey, you know, there's just something that wasn't that I wanted to feel that I couldn't feel, you know, yeah. sometimes well, you that's, can't help those that. are the hardest things Yeah, you can't help that. Uh, but then along the way, I think there, there are some things where I can overthink, oh man, you know, I, I just maybe can rush through cons- considering someone because this is what I don't see in them. You know what I'm saying? So it's, it's yes, almost like yes. just a journey of like evaluating like my perception of, of others. Yeah. Being honest with that. Yeah. yeah. Having a connection is key. So if you're holding out for that spark and chemistry, I mean, that's worth it. You know, you want to, sure. I mean, what is it that you're going to want above all else? Um, so now relating to your family, um, I know your parents seems like we're married for many, many years. Um, you know, what is it that you observed in their love story? And can you tell us a little bit more about their love story? Yeah, they have a really, really awesome story of how they met. Um, I won't do it justice by describing it, but essentially I know my dad, literally saw her from the distance at at literally like a a big college ministry conference in another state um and he he says he 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 says that when he saw her from this he's like that's gonna be my wife and then he didn't approach her that day that he saw her and he went back home and he said he prayed on it and eventually they 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 were able to be at maybe another event or conference they got to meet up again in some form um and then he finally talked with her, I think. And this was an ill-defined, I can't add time after that initial, like, sighting, if you will. Uh-huh. Uh, and then eventually they were, they again, I think just through his faithfulness, God working in a really interesting way. But they, my dad was from East Texas. Uh, my mom was from Aruba, but she moved to uh, Central Florida. I went to University of Central Florida for college. And so she was there. But they eventually were a part of the same uh, kind of family of college ministries at the time and mm. that that took a, a number of people who were interested in growing in kind of ministry and leadership to Boston to help start a kind of a, a movement of churches at the time uh, and just kind of grow in ministry training and so they both ended up going up there to Boston and that's when they started dating and they got married wow so, okay wait so yeah. wait they connected at this conference then but, she went back yeah. to Florida he went back to Texas and they were not dating, and they both decided to move to Boston? Apparently, yep. That's crazy. Isn't that crazy? That's it's, awesome. Very, it's more that... than crazy. I mean, I think everyone would say that's crazy. I, I guess my honest reaction is, <laughs> wow, God moved mountains to put them together. Uh, without question. And so that's that's a, a really yeah faith-inspiring story of kind of where they've met. And so... Uh, to describe like their relationship, I think that's the begin how that how the relationship started is a, is a good reflection of their relationship um, throughout the years of just kind of faithfulness. And they really, really right when they got married, they left everything and moved to J- South Africa, Johannesburg, South Africa, and mm-hmm. planted a church out there and helped lead a church. And this is in the middle of the apartheid, so this is wow. like a, planting a multiracial church in this tumultuous time which is nuts. And so again, they're just sacrificing and giving and serving. And then 
We moved back to the, my my siblings were both born in Johannesburg. My older brother, elder sister, were both born out there. And then right before I was born, they moved back to to the U.S. and they planted themselves in Dallas. Um, and again, they were still working in the ministry. And then shortly after I was born, we moved to San Antonio and spent um, most of my formative years in San Antonio before going to college. Um, and so again, throughout the life, they just a lot of a lot of just incredible part of sacrifice and service to others. Wow. Both of them have that heart, obviously. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. That's your parents are, are heroes, honestly. Yeah. Um, yeah. They sound like beautiful people. Um, I, I was kind of wondering in the back of my mind, like maybe is that what you're hoping for and praying for in your own life is to have kind of this like sacrificial leader beside you who wants to kind of partner in ministry with you or partner in music with you, you know, like, yeah, I don't know. I could be I putting just, words in your mouth. I don't want to put words no, in your mouth either. But. No, you're not. I, I think it is just a, a, a someone who's a, 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 a partner in life that lives sacrificially for others, whether, whether that's ministry, whether that's music, whatever that ends up being, like mm -hmm. just having that component is, is, is huge for me for sure. Just like, Hey, let's just, Let's do what we're kind of purpose to do in this world and just just be ourselves, be the best we can with what we have and 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 really do it for others, sacrifice and serve others. That's, yeah. that's definitely a, a big thing for me. On the Wings of Love is hosted by me, Marilee Green, produced by Chelsea Dick Smith, with music by Purple Planet. Thanks so much for listening to On the Wings of Love. You can find us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts, On the Wings of Love, a bachelor's podcast. You can also find us on Instagram at On the Wings of Love Podcast. Please comment, rate, and subscribe. We would love to have your reviews. And I'll see you guys next time. Bye.